Boar's Head is bringing a slice of Japan to the deli. Introducing Boar's Head Ichiban Teriyaki-style chicken. Tender, slow-roasted chicken breast, coated in our signature teriyaki glaze, where ginger, garlic, and a hint of brown sugar meet for a flavor that's both sweet and savory. New Boar's Head Ichiban Teriyaki-style chicken. The bold flavor of Japan, now at the deli. Only from Boar's Head. Compromise elsewhere. Welcome to Crime Wire, a program dedicated to bringing attention to unsolved crimes and educating the public about various types of crimes and how to avoid becoming a victim. If you'd like to submit a case to Crime Wire or suggest a topic for a future show, please email us at thenewcrimewire at gmail.com. That's thenewcrimewire at gmail.com. My name is Denny Griffin, and on today's show, my co-host, Elilah Jones, and I will be talking with Jill Harrington, co-founder of Help Save the Next Girl. Help Save the Next Girl is a national nonprofit organization founded in 2011 in honor of Morgan Dana Harrington, daughter of Jill and Dan Harrington. In 2009, Morgan was a 20-year-old Virginia Tech student who was abducted and murdered. The organization's goal is to sensitize young women and girls to predatory danger. The foundation fosters mutual respect and camaraderie with young men and is committed to be an active, imaginative presence on campus and in clubs and violence prevention forums across the country. It also continually develops vital relationships with media and law enforcement, which enhances their ability to quickly disseminate urgent information, such as about a missing person. In addition, they provide outreach support to victims' families and actively participate in endorsing legislation which augments safety practices in our communities. In a previous episode, we talked about Help Save the Next Girl with two of the organization's advocates, but unfortunately, we ran into a technical problem and weren't able to get Jill on, but we have her today. Jill, welcome to CrimeWire. Thank you for that wonderful introduction and warm welcome, Danny. <laughs> well, you're welcome. It's a pleasure, and uh, thank God the gremlins left us for today, so <laughs> everybody sounds good. Um, Jill, before we... Uh, get too far along when we were talking a couple minutes ago you mentioned that uh, the legislative activities of your organization and and some of the progress you've been making would you care to to kick the show off for telling us about the legislation sure I, I would be most happy to um probably for the last five years um Dan and I have begun um lobbying for different different legislation uh here in Virginia and I'm really proud of some of the progress that we've made. Uh, and we didn't start seeing results for the first couple of years, but we were able to support legislation um, in Virginia that passed um, the use of familial DNA as a forensic tool in Virginia. We were the third state to use that as uh, um, a tool for law enforcement to solve cases I also uh, worked with Chip Harding in Virginia, who is a um, sheriff in Albemarle County, who's kind of the grandfather of DNA in our state. 
and um, we were able to uh, expand the DNA collection uh, in Virginia to include um, require submission of DNA for first-degree felony conviction. Um, both of those, I think, people are afraid of DNA because they think it's the uh, um, big brother, but th- this is DNA that is um, already in the system submitted by convicted felons or people with first-degree misdemeanors. Um, both of those pieces of legislation, if they had been in effect um, in uh, 2009 when Morgan was abducted, uh, would have um, saved her life. Uh, he, Jesse Matthews' DNA would have pinged, and um, he would have been incarcerated prior to his being able to kill both Morgan and Hannah. Um, so it was too late for Morgan, but I think those pieces of legislation will save other um, young women. We also um, supported legislation in Virginia that um, was passed that requires external reporting of sexual assault on college campuses in Virginia. So there there must be a report made to law, local law enforcement and the Commonwealth's attorney in a uh, when a sexual assault occurs on campus. Um, This last legislative session, uh, we passed um, or uh, endorsed three bills that um, passed, one of which um, would require some prior training to um, first responders to sexual assault. Um, You know, uh, research shows that if the first responders, whether they are um, um, dispatchers or medics or law enforcement, if they have some training, um, the one-year, five-year, uh, and ten-year psychological well-being of the victim is enhanced. So that's now uh, training that will be required and provided for first responders to sexual assault in Virginia. Um, we also, so that was this session. This session also was a... Um, piece of legislation that requires Virginia law enforcement to retain perk kit evidence for five years or if the victim was a minor for that perk kit evidence to be retained for five years after the individual reaches their majority. Uh, Currently the standard, and that will go into effect um, um, this year, uh, currently the standard is one year. Um, If you you backtrack and look... um, the Jesse Matthews' first victim um, um, that we know of um, was um, R.G., the young woman in Fairfax. And that that case was not adjudicated until 10 years after her assault. So if if we're throwing evidence, pertinent pertinent evidence, out after one year, think of um, the prosecutions um, that we are missing and the perpetrators that are walking around um, because we we don't have a filing system to hold the evidence. Um, the last one that we passed this year, too, um, which I think is impressive, is House Bill 659, which uh, requires the family life curriculum in Virginia high schools to in- incorporate um, um, information on uh, the prevention of dating violence, domestic abuse, sexual harassment, and sexual violence. Uh, the thought being that if the first time this kind of information is 
shared in a standard fashion with students is when they get to college, um, you've missed the boat. Well, so that's a big mouthful you, of it. We've been busy. I guess. I was just going to say it's a very impressive uh, list of accomplishments. And now, uh, do you think some of these, some of this legislation will be duplicated in other states? you think it's going to get uh, uh, wide acceptance across the country, that the type of legislation? Danny, I, I certainly think it should, and I, you know, uh, given um, the possibility to clone myself, would uh, try and take it on, but I, I definitely think that um, the DNA legislation, we should have a national way of dealing with DNA. It should not be the patchwork um, piecemeal uh, response uh, that is in existence right now. Um, I think external reporting of sexual assault on college campus definitely should be a national initiative. So uh, I, I think that these should be, um, to me, they're no-brainers. They should be um, tools and uh, legislation nationally. But, again, there's only, only so many hours in a day, and uh, uh, we're a pretty small army. <laughs> uh, the, you know, I uh, as you were talking, I, I got to thinking, Ed, you you know, you're hitting this from a couple of fronts, the issues. Um, certainly education is critical, uh, you know, what what you're doing in the education to educate people. But uh, as important as that is, if you don't have the teeth to, uh, you know, for enforcement and, and prosecution and the collection of evidence and so on and so forth, um, you know, it's only half the ball. So it, I, I think it's very important that you're doing what you're doing, which is covering both ends, educating the public and the the, the young ladies especially and so on, but also getting um, through your legislative efforts, getting the teeth in there to uh, to hold these people accountable. And like you say, with the right reporting, uh, you know, who knows how many of these incidents could have been prevented by having these uh, these dangerous people locked up and off the streets where they can't harm anybody, uh, you know, at least can't harm the innocent. So uh, I certainly think that's a, an outstanding uh, strategy and, and efforts on your part. I, I wish I could say it was a strategy. It has evolved into a strategy. You know, initially it really was a visceral response. You know, I wanted to save the next girl. I knew it was too late for Morgan, but I didn't want any other families and um, to undergo the anguish that we were experiencing. And then you you try and think how how can you do that? How can you affect that change? And it's it's a, a multi-layered approach. You know, I'm I'm a nurse, so I always think of things in terms of. Healthcare, and you know, to prevent colds, you know, you got to take some vitamin C. But if you don't eat well, get your rest, take vitamin C, wash your hands, cover your mouth. You can't just do one thing. You've got to do many things at the same time because they, they all have their own piece in prevention. Uh, I think um, we have found several of the pieces um, that are. effective in uh, combating sexual assault and um, not all of the pieces, but the three that we're holding in our hands is a good start. Uh, 
Jill, I, I want to spend some time talking about Morgan, but before we go there, what I'd like to do is uh, if any of the listeners want to contact uh, Help Save the Next Girl, uh, is there a website or a phone number or how? Yeah, what would have, their best method have, uh, be to get a hold of you? We have a very lovely website, and um, I would love for people to look at it. It's helpsavethenextgirl.com, and there there are there's a contact button there and a lot of information um, therein also. And I was just thinking when we were talking about the legislation, uh, legislative efforts, and and the idea of trying to get this to be a national or those to be a national uh, priority. If, uh, in addition to people wanting information about uh, about the organiz- your organization and possibly uh, maybe getting speakers or that type of thing, if anybody uh, in their own state uh, was interested in legislative efforts themselves, they could also contact you and you could maybe give them some advice or guidance Most or definitely. discuss with them? Most definitely. Would would be uh, honored to do so. Well, okay. Joe, how many and chapters does Help Save the Next Girl have right now, and are they all in Virginia, or have you expanded into other states yet? Delilah, they are. Um, um, many are in our um, immediate area, but I think we have at this point like fifty, no, no, forty, um, forty-four or so chapters, and uh, many of them are in Virginia, Maryland, Florida, Michigan. Uh, I think we have one in California. I mean, it, it's, again, it's concentrated here, but it, it's across um, the U.S. Yeah, all that's it takes great. Is that's a, what it's going to take to, right, to, to get all of this legislation going in, in state by state like you've done in, in Virginia. Um, it, it takes that great of an effort. You know, it's, it's been, um, it, it, I say, you know, we don't have a manifesto, um, but we are um, agents for social change. You know, we really feel that this is a social movement. And, um, again, that to push the ocean liner, you push, 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 and little motion at the beginning um, creates uh, a wide um change in the path of the boat so uh, and i am already starting to see some change from our own efforts um on this issue and and i believe that um predatory violence and sexual assault uh, on women is a a major issue of our time It, it is a local issue it's a national issue and it's a global issue Jill, could I just ask a question because it's it's been on the news over the last couple of weeks, which is the uh, the rape case. I believe it was from uh, in California, where a student, uh, I think it was from uh, uh, Stanford, uh, correct? Yes, I'm was got a six month sentence. Uh, when you hear something like that, do you have any thoughts on uh, that type of a disposition? I mean, of course, I I think that that is egregious. Um, pe- people people get that for some bad action in traffic. <laughs> yes. You know. Um, yes. So, uh, 
I think it it um, it makes light of um, of rape. You, we talk about the normalization of a rape culture. If if that can be characterized, well, that was just twenty minutes of action. So yeah. six months is is too hard. The injury done to the individual um, is considerable, uh, and then you. Her, her life has been hugely impacted. Her family, her her potential family, her ability to have healthy relationships moving forward, her ability to parent uh, in a nurturing way. Uh, I mean, the reverberations and extension of the damage from that night is huge. And I don't no, I do not think that six months is adequate um, punishment. Uh, apparently, there's some efforts to get this judge uh, out of office, uh, so it'd be interesting to see where that goes. But, yeah, and you, you hear about these things every so often, you know, where you think, geez, uh, when, they, when they do have a suspect or a guilty party, and then they somehow seem to beat the system. You know, the system seems to break down uh, at some point. And that, I find it very frustrating. I'm sure you do, and a lot of people do, that uh, when it appears that justice is not actually served. Yeah, it, it it's unfortunate. I mean, we we are pushing the stone uphill, clear. But yeah. that doesn't mean um, you can turn away and not do it. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, uh, these people... Uh, who do drop the ball, I think, you know, it's very important that their feet be held to the fire, too. And, uh, you know, hopefully uh, the message will get out there that this is serious business and uh, it needs to be treated that way by everybody involved. Uh, back to the legislation for a second, you know, talking about, <coughs> excuse me, uh, a national effort uh, is how would you go about that? Is there some kind of a national organization? You could, I mean, who would you call, or how how would you try to get something going on that magnitude? I mean, I think you would have to go to um, Congress. You would have to go to legislators. I think that the, to on a national legislation, not um, state legislators. Right, and I'm. My suspicion is is that the more uh, interest or the more people or organizations who call or approach them and that idea, the the better the chance of getting something done. Clearly, yeah. Although I, we, when Morgan was still missing, Dan and I went uh, to Congress and were lobbying for uh, funding for um, uh, national missing organizations. And um, we we felt that we were there was um, great uh, kindness and compassion and receptivity to us um, at, at that point in time. So uh, I'm I'm willing to to go and give it another shot running up and down those corridors there, but have really just <laughs> been un, until Morgan's trial was over. That was really um, paramount for us to to have completed that process um, after uh, a plea agreement was reached and that that um, was completed it has released a lot of psychic energy and real energy for us to 
take on some more tasks. Uh, you know, why don't we, Jill, I, I think uh, we've been talking a little bit, and we've mentioned, uh, mentioned some of the names, uh, you know, Hannah, Hannah Graham and uh, Jesse Matthew, but for the listeners not familiar with this whole case, would you walk us through it, uh, you know, if you want to start back in 2009 and, uh, you know, what, what Morgan was doing at that point and, and kind of the whole scenario and how it ended up and where it ended up? Sure, be glad to. Um, Morgan was uh, 20 years old, was a junior at Virginia Tech, and um, was just a avid, perhaps rabid, uh, music fan, and um, was uh, planning to go see a Metallica concert in Charlottesville with some of her friends, and um, left here uh, to go attend the concert and never came home. She... Um, fell inside the John Paul Jones Arena at UVA and was disoriented and um, ended up outside the arena, was refused readmission, and had the bad luck to um, cross paths with um, a um, sexual predator, Jesse Matthew, who um, had a long history of... um, He he has several... um, rapes um he had uh abducted and raped and nearly murdered uh, a woman uh, the earliest that i know of is in 2005 which was case in fairfax um but anyway so morgan was gone and we were determined that there was a, a top tier predator an apex predator in the charlottesville area and that um, was the catalyst for us to start Help Save the Next Girl and try and maintain awareness and um, um, concern in that community so that he would not have opportunity to strike again. And you know, I was told at, at early on when Morgan um, was missing that most likely the person who killed Morgan would be found from DNA from another body. And you know, it, it just, gore just rose up in me that I realized logically that may be how it unfolded. But by golly, I was going to do everything in my power to prevent that. Uh, I was not successful. Indeed, that is how we found the person who killed Morgan was after he killed Hannah Graham. So... Um, I I regret that, but I can live with myself because I know we we really moved heaven and earth to try and prevent it. Now Hannah you know, Graham, you know, she I, was. Go ahead, Denny. I was just going to say Hannah Graham was also a Virginia Tech student. Am I correct? No, she was a, a University of Virginia student. University so, of Virginia. Okay, yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Dee. Well, I was just going to ask Jill to address maybe the listeners out there because I've appeared on several shows with you throughout the the process that you've gone through with Morgan and her tragedy and, you know, going from a missing person to uh, a murder to the trial and and hopefully, you know, justice has been served for her. Um, maybe you can address this to the listeners that are still going through that process that sometimes 
you know, there's been also on the news and all over the internet with these these poor children who have met unfortunate things, whether the one with the gorilla, the one that drowned in the lagoon with the with the alligator, and people I've seen just just say the most awful, awful things about the parents. And I totally think that's unfair. Um, I don't know. I guess I'm of the belief that, you know, bad things do happen to good kids of good parents. Um, But going through this whole process, how do you feel the difference is now for you since you've been through the trial and since, you know, Morgan's killer has been put behind bars um, than back back in the day when she was missing? Um, For us personally, um, you know, we feel um, relief that the the whole trial phase is behind us and that this particular predator will never hurt anyone again. Um, For, uh, on a, a bigger scale, I do think that we have changed um we we have changed the culture in, in law enforcement I, I believe that the grams received um uh, a much more compassionate uh response from law enforcement because we had paved the way and demanded it you know we we came a long way from what was she wearing you know anybody would have stopped stopped uh to pick her up on a bridge even a minister because of what she was wearing. Um, And that is part of changing the culture. Um, I I believe that we are better people than we went, we were at the beginning. You know, we have have used this tragedy to determinedly to create good and to hone ourselves into um, more active, compassionate, people would i give it all over to go back to where we were in a heartbeat but i don't have her heartbeat anymore um i I do think it is redemptive to know that it is possible to come through the fire and be better afterward that that's a message for people and parents that are going through their anguish and grief And you also, uh, as the parent or loved one of a of a person who's been the victim of violent crime, you really have to persevere and and I I believe and hang in there. I mean, you had uh, there was a five year gap between what happened to Morgan and Hannah, so you you were in the the limbo, if you will, of a, an unsolved case for five years. That, and uh, thank God I haven't had to go through that personally, but I can only imagine the frustration and uh, the anguish of, of having, you know, not knowing for sure, I'd, having that open. Um, and I don't know about you, I, I don't like to use the word closure because I that sounds like uh, that you've, forget all about what happened when somebody's arrested or convicted and I, that's not the case but at least some resolution um you know Danny, for me the the 
the hardest time, the waiting for trial um, and, and finding the perpetrator was difficult. But the most difficult time was missing. It is way worse to have a missing daughter than to have a dead daughter. Um, and that, that, that seems illogical. But it, both Dan and I feel very strongly that the missing part was the most excruciating. You know, you're swinging on a pendulum between despair and, and hope, and it is so hard, really, really hard. And, and that was, uh, how many months was that? It was what? Th- uh, it was three months, 101 three months. days. Yeah, uh, 101 days. Yeah, you know, there, of, there's, of not there's no rituals for, for the missing, you know? Yeah. But... I mean, and recovering the body it, it, it's huge. I mean, it's it's a real primitive, visceral thing to to have that body back and know no one can ever hurt her again. She's here. She's back with us. So um, my my heart really goes out to people because there are people who um, stay in the wasteland of the missing for months and years and eternities. Yeah. It's, um, it's, you know, again, thankfully most of us don't have to go through that, but when you talk to people who have been there, it's, uh, and, and, you know, try to, uh, as best you can, get your head around what it must be like, it's certainly, uh, oh, just uh, not not a pleasant thing to even think about. So it's, it's uh, got to be very, very, very difficult. Um you know, you mentioned earlier when we were talking about the legislation that had some of these uh, laws been in place earlier, that uh, the killer may in fact have been off the street and uh, you know been been caught up for some of his other crimes and and not have been out there, uh, Mr. Matthew. Uh, did that come as a shock to you? How how the system, how lax, if, if that's the appropriate word, how lax it was as far as record keeping and keeping track of these people. Uh, did that surprise you? I, you know, I think uh, hindsight is twenty twenty, uh, it and it is surprising. Um, some of that as well as, you know, I, I stood on that bridge, you know, in Charlottesville, Virginia, time after time, holding up a composite that looked a whole lot like him and said, you know, everyone wanted to think, well, maybe this was a drifter, and I I kept saying, no, this is a local boy. This is homegrown talent. Have you seen this guy? Have you, you know, served him coffee? Has he put gas in his car at your station? Do you know him? If, If you have any inkling that this could be the person, don't filter it. Send your your thoughts to the police. Please, please. And after all of that, when finally he he was unmasked, the people who he worked with said, you know, we used to joke with him and say, you look like that composite guy. And he would get angry and stomp off. But they never picked up the phone. They would tease him. And he would get angry. And they never picked up the phone. Why do you think that is? Is our society so naive or we just don't think that we don't pick up on those red flags like you described? I mean, I think we, you would want to believe that um, um, predators do not walk among you, but 
They do. Predators hide in plain sight. That's how they find prey. You know, they they have to blend into their surroundings so they can grab their prey. Um, it, it's part of of how they they work. And I I think that I don't think that he is an aberration. I think that he is a predator, and I believe that for you know, like for every population quotient of mice, there are a couple of owls. I think it it just happens. There, for every certain number of human beings, there's going to be a predator. Um, they're in, in very nice places like Charlottesville and Lovingston and Blacksburg, Virginia. And that's just the ones, you know, in my backyard. Um, it happens. So that's why we want people to um, take all the measures that they can to look out for one another. You know, look out for yourself and look out for your brothers and sisters too. And And I bear him... No hatred. I really don't. I just want him never to hurt anyone again. I'm assuming that the uh, after the, the the resolution here, the disposition, that uh, he's not going to ever be eligible for parole. He he actually he has um, three life sentences for his conviction for the um, abduction and attempted murder in Fairfax and two life sentences for Morgan and two life sentences for Hannah um, not to be served um, at at the same time. So he he has no possibility of parole. Well, that's that's encouraging. Um, It's... uh Back to help save the next girl. Who who should call your organization? I, I mentioned that maybe if somebody's looking for uh, uh, some ideas, wants to swap some uh, some ideas about legislation and so forth, they should call. But who else should call? Should uh, like a school or a college if they're looking for a speaker? Do you, do you folks put on programs? We, we do. Or, we okay. do. Um, uh, or if you are a young person who wants to start a club in your um, school, give us a call. We would hap- be happy to put some tools in your hands so that you can um, be a prime mover uh, for safety in in your area. Um, if if you are a person who wants more information about this issue. Um, uh, there, there are a lot of entry points um, um, on the website to disseminate information as well as um, kind of our response to sexual predators. And if you're if you're a victim, a victim's family, who is looking for some help or a point in a direction, um, we'd be glad to speak with you. That uh, let's suppose that uh, would would a victim make a good advocate? Most definitely, I, I think to it, it's easy to you know big problems like I I work uh, with a medical team in Africa, and you know it's really easy to turn your back on the starving hordes in Africa, but if I bring you a picture of one kid you know, with a wound on his leg and a belly full of worms, 
people say, well, that one I can help. You almost have to individuate problems of great magnitude for people to believe that they, as an individual, can have um, a impact. Um, so to individuate the problems of um, sexual assault, um, I, I believe that our advocacy as the family members of the parents of a murdered girl, you know, has individuated the problem. Uh, it's it's not it's not for everyone to do. Not everyone can do it. Not everyone wants to do it. It's just like the the young woman in Stanford. The reason why that is a remarkable case is because that victim um, went public, and and people get it. You know, people's natural compassion towards their fellow human being, you know, our shared humanity was activated and, and people stood up on their hind legs and are irate. Um, I think victims are, are huge, can can be. I don't think it's required, but if they are willing and able, they can they can really change the culture. You know, uh, uh, Delilah asked uh, about people not saying anything. You mentioned how the co-workers of, the, of Jesse had, uh, you know, joked with him that he looked like the guy in the composite, but they never they never dropped a dime on him or never picked up the phone. Uh, there's a lot of talk now in conjunction with the terrorism, you know, about uh, if you see something, say something, and and there apparently uh, one of the reasons is people are afraid to, if they say anything, they're going to be called, you know, racist or this kind of phobe or that kind of phobe. Uh, do you think that, uh, generally speaking, that, that people are reluctant to, because they don't want to get in trouble too? I mean, are, are they just ignorant or they're, they're a little afraid they don't want to be accused of uh, some type of harassment or slander or that type of thing or, or branded as a, uh, you know, a racist or, or this type of thing? Or do you think it's just that they don't pay attention? Um, I, I have thought about this, Denny, and, and I think what I ascribe it to is I think, you know, our country is really based on the rights of the individual, you know, you, you hitch your horse to the wagon and, and you go out in Homestead. And and our laws and um, kind of the gestalt of the whole place is based on the rights of the individual um, uh, are, are higher than the collective rights of the community. That's very different in Europe. In Europe, the rights of, of the collective um, trump the rights of um, the individual. And... I think maybe we've kind of gotten ourselves a little bit in a, in a pickle where we are just so many isolated individuals and and now we are finding that we need community. We need the fabric uh, of society to hold to hold our unit together. I think it's a natural evolution, but I think it's been a, a little slow here. We're, we're a, a young society. Delilah, do you have any thoughts on that about what what you think is the reason some people don't want to get involved or don't want to, uh, you know, make that phone call? Well, I believe the general public doesn't think bad things are going to happen to them. 
um, just like a missing child or a missing person from your family or or a violent um, crime being committed, we read about it, we see it, but it's always at a distance. And for some reason, people don't think that those things can happen to them. And maybe we have that teenage mentality that we're covered in Teflon or something. But once it happens to you and once it happens to your neighbor and once it happens to um, your loved one, then you know. You know what it feels like. And then you have a certain sense of responsibility to let other people know that, yes, this does happen. It happened to me. It happens. It could happen to you as well. And the importance of speaking out when when your gut tells you there's something wrong here. It's better to to me anyway. It's better to to be wrong than uh, to be you know to not do anything. That's kind of my take on it. Yeah, you know, Jill was mentioning the coworkers. Uh, you know, I I wonder how they felt after they found out he was in fact the guy you know i'm wondering if they yeah i i can't imagine if that was me and i i even thought this guy looked like you know a suspect and and i didn't do anything and then find out he was and he killed again um that would be a little tough for me to handle but danny don't we always hear that after some big crime don't people come forward and say oh yeah that guy always creeped me out you know uh, we do there are some instincts there that that people put down because again it's hard to believe that 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 level of depravity is um, cheek and jowl with you yeah it's and there's so many of my and you know when i when I look at some people, I'm not necessarily uh, Mr. Matthew, but um, I've seen, I watch a lot of the, the Discovery Channel and so forth with different crime stories on them. And when you see some of these guys or people, it's not all men, but when you see some of the people that commit some real bad crimes, real depraved stuff, if you look, just look at them, they don't necessarily look, you know, like, like a killer or a bank robber or whatever. Um, so some of them can, like you say, hide in plain sight, and uh, yeah. they just kind of blend in. And if they don't do anything uh, wrong or act funny or say something funny, uh, they can get by probably for years, uh, you know, and then and then be discovered. So looks and actions and uh, and words can sometimes help but looks alone are not automatic you know what i mean to to be able to determine that this person has a has an issue but uh perhaps what they how they act and what they say can be a tip off uh even if they don't look <laughs> look like the type yeah i i don't know that there is a type you know cuz cuz yeah. we, we have like this stereotypical the, the the bad guy type who um like if you look at Randy Taylor, who is convicted of killing Alexis Murphy here, um, he he, he looks he, he looks kind of scrawny. I mean, he is diametrically opposed to the 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 um, physical 
um, impression of Jesse Matthews. Jesse Matthews is a, a really big, um, 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 huge black man. Randy Taylor's a little tiny, like a golem. He's a little tiny, small guy, but but he's done some bad stuff, you know. So you, there's there's really, no, or we have um, um, a 13 year old girl who was killed here uh, in Blacksburg, Virginia, and um, the accused are college students who look like regular college students. So there's no no package of bad guy. Um, so again, it 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 is the behaviors that you have to look out for, and you know, kind of the inconsistencies. And be alert, right? Always, and for yourself and for for each other. You know, again, there's the personal responsibility, and there's the collective responsibility. If if you see something um, that I don't think people so much worry about, as you said, reporting or calling in. I think people are afraid of looking foolish, you know, or, or um, silly. But if yeah. you see a, a situation that's dangerous, there were people who who saw uh, Jesse Matthews with Hannah Graham, who who their instincts kicked in. They followed them down the street and said, "This is not that this is not right." Um, step in, you know. Go ahead and call the police. Yes, better safe than sorry is the old expression. Correct. Uh, Jill, we're running out of time here. I'd like, uh, before we leave, will you give your uh, website out one more time, please? Sure, I'd be happy to. It's helpsavethenextgirl.com, and um, I think there's a lot of content there and a lot of information that we would like to share to try and keep folks safer because we don't want any more Next Girls. Well, Jill, thank you very, very much for being our guest today. We certainly appreciate it. And uh, my hat goes off to you and your organization for what you're doing. It's very much thank appreciated. You so much. Thank you so much for that and for um, spreading the word. I appreciate it so much, Denny, and nice to speak with you again, Delilah. Oh, always always a good, good feeling I get when I'm on air with you, Jill. We'll do it again. All right. God bless. Thank you so much. Two four one. You're welcome. Bye now. And that's it for today's show. Again, our thanks to Jill Harrington, and we'll see you next time on CrimeWire. this Saturday for $1 Flip Flops. It's the once-a-year event you and your feet have been waiting for. Get Old Navy's famous Flip Flops for just $1 this Saturday only. Dial at 625. Check stores for restrictions and opening details.